The first game ahead and lost it, that play there was picking. There it is! The duck has been broken, guys. East Fremantle, they have won. They have not lost 16. They've only lost 15. They've won this afternoon and an absolute ball-bearing game of footy here. The Sharks, 9-5-60, South, 7-6-48. Yes, few interesting metaphors there. The duck has been broken and it's an absolute ball-bearing game. Uh, as Jared Healy once famously called, I reckon, in a 1994 qualifying final, Billy, Billy, the monkey is off the back, Billy. And we have on the line Billy Monaghan, the coach of the East Romano Footy Club. Billy, congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Duff. And it's nice to talk to a South Romano supporter finally after oh, a... Oh, you um, couldn't wait. You, you got it in there right at the start. Just landed one straight off the top. Well done. Well played. Hey, um, what did you say to him at three-quarter time? Because you were behind again. Yeah, it was an interesting day. Um, if you look at the, the scoring for the day, it was difficult at both ends, a bit with conditions. But South had kept pushing numbers behind the ball, which made it difficult for us to score, but also difficult for them to score. So we just had to find a way to, to get through them. And um, uh, we we have tried not to talk too much about the streak and, and, you know, history and all of that because we're trying to charter our own course. So it was more just about being true to what we believe is our strengths. And, you know, eventually we got on top of them. And, and when the game opened up a bit late, when fatigue set, set in, you know, we were able to take our chances. So, look, it's, it's great to get it out of the way. It's been the most disgusting in my life over the last three or four years with East Fremantle <laughs> and South Fremantle people. So, look, really good. The, our guys have been super for, you know, um, for most of the season and, and, you know, to see the relief on their face firstly and, and then the supporters were fantastic. Of course, a couple of key figures in this win for you were John O'Marsh, who kicked three goals, Cam Erdley, one of your best players, which is kind of historically significant as well, isn't it? Because when you couldn't score against them in at the Wacker earlier in the year, John O'Marsh couldn't get into the game late. And, of course, Cam Erdley missed that shot at Fremantle Oval 12 months ago, which would have broken the, the, the streak back then. So probably pleasing to see those guys play important roles in the victory. Yeah, look, Jono in particular on a day where, you know, Brandon Donaldson kicked four and, and Jono kicked three goals for it. it was a tough day for scoring, but his influence on the game from his rundown tackle in the first quarter, a great intercept and set up Alex Montalban for a goal. He... He kung fu'd one out of a stoppage. He was significant for the whole game. And, and what's been really good with Jono's form over the last month is that, you know, he's presenting really well. You know, there's been probably a little bit more focus on, on just playing footy. Jono's a larger-than-life character. He gets a fair bit of stick from people. And, and he's just knuckled down. And he was very, very influential. And, you know, three goals, four... Could it, he missed two from probably 20 metres straight out in front. So it could have been a really big day in a low-scoring game. And Cam's Cam. You've got to put up a li- with a little bit um, with Cam. He's um, one of those rebounding halfbacks or drop-off halfbacks that, you know, guys can kick goals on him every now and again. But some of the work he does in the air and, and some of the work he does offensively for us, um, you know, they were both very good players for us. I was going to say, such a beautiful kick, isn't he? Which makes the the shot in that game 12 months ago so ironic because if you 
if you wanted the ball in someone's hands to take that kick, it would probably be Cam Eardley. Yeah, look, I ran, I actually ran down from the box that day. I don't know if I, I told you guys on, on this station or not, but there was 35 seconds left on the clock and, and we're trying to get it to the players, but, you know, my staff didn't have their headphones on. There was noise everywhere, so I ran down to the box to tell them once he kicks his goal, there's like 10 seconds left. Let's just get a secondary stoppage. And by the time I got down to the bench, I didn't know what happened. Everyone was kind of flat and I've gone... So I didn't actually see it. So um, I got down there and then I just slumped in my chair and went, oh, my God, um, <laughs> and moved on and, and copped another, you know, probably another six months of hell from South Romano supporters telling me how how no good we were. So I was going to say something else there. And then my English <laughs> went off a bit, but I was halfway through something, a four-letter word, and um, I thought I'd better say how bad we were. Well, you got bragging rights now, Bill. Um, it's an important win in the context of your season. Uh, puts you within striking distance of top of the ladder and you need to be because it's a tough draw coming home, isn't it? Claremont, East Perth, Subiaco, three of the four games that lie ahead of you now. Yeah, look, that, that's both, both uh, you know, a tough run, but it's also a, a type of run that if we can play some good footy and, and get some wins in that um, period, it all really set us up for the finals. So, look, I'm a, I'm a little nervous. I, I watched West Perth and Claremont last week, and I'm sure Claremont coaches and supporters won't won't be too upset with me. They were pretty terrible against West Perth. I mean, West Perth were good, but you know that's very unlike Claremont, and we get them off. Off a bye, and you know, Ashley's going to get them primed, so it's going to be a really tough game um, for us. Um, and then for some reason, East Perth lost on the weekend too, and, and they've got a bye, and then we're going to front up against them the week after uh, when they'll be breathing fire as well. So it's a really important fortnight for us. Um, but you know, we, we gained some really good confidence. Um, we beat West Perth, we beat Peel up in Geraldton, and, and now the South victory. So you know, it's setting us up well for or a run into the finals. And, and in one way, I'm really happy we're playing some of the best sides. Absolutely. You'll be well prepared when you get to September. Um, it probably tells you how even the competition is too, Bill. There's there's not a lot between yourselves, East Perth, Subiaco, um, even Peel, depending on um, availability of AFL-listed players. It's a, um, The top end of the ladder is, uh, is quite competitive, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think the, the waffle, you know, Gone are the days when you know Derby's had twenty thousand people and it was all over the paper and and we understand that but the product's wonderful and the last couple of years the the, the style of footy and and the quality of footy has been really good and you know there was that period you know three or four years ago when Subiaco were dominating everything and it was it probably lost its way a little bit as a, as a product but since they've come back to the field a bit and. Um, you know, you go in each week, and even when you're playing some of the sides down, to, I mean, South were third or fourth from the bottom, and, and they just had a crack. The, the footy's really good um, to watch. It's a great product. The, the people who come have really good days out. So, look, it's, it's tough, and every week you've got to be on your game or, or you look like you'll lose. And then you take Claremont, for instance. You know, they were playing a fight up West Perth, but you know they they were five or ten percent off their best, and and they got touched up. So um, that's the message to the players, and and we just need to keep bringing our best every week. Hey, you didn't have Milan Murdoch on the weekend, did you? What's the what's the situation with him? Yeah, he he's got an AC joint. Um, 
problem. Um, he, he'd been in a sling for a week or so after the, the Peel game, but that's nearly three weeks ago now. So he'll start training this week. Um, it's decided he doesn't need surgery. It was right on the, the grading where surgery was needed or not. And you know, a lot of the decisions we make at our level are not just about the football side of you know whether surgery is good or bad. You know, these guys have jobs, and he's an electrician. So, you know, if he has surgery, he's out of work for ten or twelve weeks. And you know, so, the doctor and the surgeon's really confident that with a couple of weeks of non-contact and a bit of strength building and and so on, that he'll be right. So. It's probably another two, maybe three weeks from now, but until he actually starts doing some, some work on, on the field and, and gets um, his touch and, and tackling and all that stuff back, we're, we're a little unsure. But in a perfect world, I'd love him to play two games, maybe one game at the end of the season. Um, but the way he is with his fitness and, and his attitude, you know, he's if there's any player who can have five or six weeks off and then and come into a final, um, then I'm sure it would be him. What's the key, do you think, for your team, Bill? Well, one of the things is, um, you know, and every side's the same. We actually haven't yet got all our best players on the on the park at, at one time. And, you know, you look on the weekend, there was no Murdoch, no Joyce, no O'Reilly. Going through, coming back through the twos, which was really exciting for us. Max Murphy played. Um, Jamie Mead played, played his first game for the year. You know, Schoenfeld and, and Lester Smith are coming back through the the reserves after long layoffs. So one of the one of our challenges is one to get everyone on the park at the same time, and then two really find out what our best our best structure is. Um, it's been great on one respect that we haven't had to you know push people out of the side because we we haven't really got close to our best twenty two yet. Um, but it's on. On game day, it's about competing and, and working hard both ways. You know, we we pay respect to our defence, but we also think that you know we can move the ball um, quickly. And, and you look on the weekend, maybe that's what South did. Maybe South cluttered the back half to try and take away that strength and make it a real arm wrestle. And and we had to work through that. So when we're challenged, we have to keep finding a way to move the ball in the fashion that we like to. So. It's a fair performance for a team that hasn't had a home ground all year, isn't it? I mean, I know you play your home games at the Wacker, and I'm sure you're getting your head around what that oval means. But um, it, when you're not playing out of a home base, it's a it's a pretty good effort to be where you are. Yeah, look, we talk about that internally and 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 try and push on, and and it it is something that we can't change, and and it's something last year we sat down as a group and said, there's two ways to look at this. We can whinge and moan and complain and use it as an excuse or we just put our head down and, um, you know, we deal with it. And, and some weeks we're at three or four different venues, you know, some of them have change rooms, some of them don't have change rooms, some of them have great services, some of them don't. So, but we can't actually change that. And I've been really proud of the players um, in what they've been able to do. And even people at the Wacker, people go, oh yeah, your home grounds are Wacker. Over the two years, Without exaggerating, I think we've probably trained five or six times at the Wacker, and I think one of them's been our main session. So if you come down to the Wacker, we'll train at the Wacker on Thursday night, and this isn't a criticism of the Wacker. Their number one um, priority is cricket. So we go down there, and things are roped off. The whole centre squares um, 
um, covered with with the heavy covers. So even when we train there, we don't do full ground movement. But the players really like that venue. It's a firm track. We really like the venues we train at. It's just every week it's different. Um, we have to adjust around, you know, running groups, junior footy. I mean, we got tapped on the shoulder at Subaco Oval the other day by some bloke who just randomly walked up to us and said, oh, look, we're a bunch of 40, 50-year-old men. Normally on a Thursday night, we'd come down here and play footy. And there's like 15 of them. They go, can you like go up the other end so we can train here as well? And we got, like, we've booked the place. So it's just, it's actually something that we laugh at a bit and go, gee, how are we going that a bunch of, you know, 20-year-old fathers are trying to kick us off so they can have a bit of kick to kick with their mates. Um, <laughs> so interesting times, but we're, you know, we're dealing with it and the, the players, it, in one way, it's probably brought us closer together, which is a bit bizarre. Hey, one more quick one before I let you go. Cohen Sanchez is an interesting young player, isn't he? Sort of looming large in top 25 draft calculations at the end of the season. Will we see him playing senior footy before the end of the season? Yeah, again, a, a question that's been asked a bit about. Look, I have slightly different views with some of the talented 18 year olds and, and maybe my view is is not what everyone wants. I think Colin will be drafted. Um he's an all Australian, um, had a really good carnival and and so I have to make the decision of is he gonna be influential enough to help us win games of footy now at the expense of someone who will be with us next year. So I'm a bit of if they're line ball draftable, I like to try and expose them so that um it enhances their chances to be drafted. I play Cullen this week. He might play two games and he's you know, running around, I don't know, at Essendon or somewhere next year and I don't get the benefit of it. So um, it's, for me personally as a coach, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum. Um, the short answer to your, your question would have been, is he talented enough to play league footy? The answer is yes. We just need to balance it off with what's right for our group and what's right for our club not just what's right for Cohen Sanchez. And I hope that didn't come across as I'm being mean and grumpy. It's just that's my view on it all. Billy, thanks so much for your time today. Wish you all the best for the rest of the season, heading into finals, and uh, hopefully there's good things to come for the Sharks this year. No worries, stuff. Thanks for having me, buddy. Billy Monaghan, of course, uh, victorious coach of East Fremantle. They finally got the victory over South Fremantle on the weekend. What do you think of uh, what Billy had to say? You can have your say on the temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. You can give us a call on the open line on 13 12 55. We are, as always, brought to you by Isuzu Utes. You can live your own way in the Isuzu DMAX. We'll be back after the break.